Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Baby Archie, so she only showed off his little feet, but behind there was a uh, background of forget-me-nots. Again, the forget-me-nots were a focus of, of Kate's garden. It does feel that they are competing for uh, media attention. It is. And, you know, her industry has required competitiveness. And of no course, one's saying yes. that, you know, in trying to audition for roles and get to the top, she had to be, you know, probably very cutthroat. You know, the fact that these are now working royals, not, not people that just have grace and favour apartments and live off the public pockets. So I think they're a lot more relatable and, um, yeah. and interesting than they've been in the past. Hello and welcome to New Idea Royals, the only podcast that takes us behind the scenes of palace life. I'm Rebecca Hyde and today we're chatting about what triggered Meghan and Kate's new feud. William opens up about the loss of his mother and Meghan's makeup artist breaks down over the princess. And joining us today to share all of her amazing knowledge is royal expert and commentator Angela Mollard. Hey Ange, how are you? Hi. Nice to see you again, Beck. It's been a busy few days for the Royals with the Meghan and Harry celebrating their wedding anniversary and Kate showing off their woodland garden at the Chelsea Flower Show. Tell us, is there some royal one-upmanship going on? Look, I don't know if it's deliberate, Beck, but there's certainly, we're getting tons of material. We've got, um, as you say, the wedding anniversary of Meghan and Harry one year on. A beautiful photo, photo montage on Instagram, lots of black and white. It looks incredibly, uh, art directed, cinematic. It's got Megan's, uh, hands all over it. It really um, has. I thought that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, um, there's all these beautiful pictures, um, really gorgeous, actually. Ones of her and her mum looking very close. A lovely one of Harry sticking his hand, his hand out as if he's hitchhiking a lift to the yeah, church. Lovely. Really lovely scenes. But then smack on the back of them. So they were released and then within, you know, sort of within 24 hours, we had the series of pictures of Kate, William and their three children <laughs> at her woodland garden at the Chelsea Flower Show. Now, altogether different pictures. These were all colour. They were all very nature inspired. There was um, forget-me-nots, which we saw, yep. um, which is Diana's favourite flower. It was also a symbol used in the picture that Megan released on Mother's oh, Day okay. with um, of, of baby Archie. So she only showed off his little feet, but behind there was a, there was a, um, a background of forget-me-nots. Again, the forget-me-nots were a focus of, of Kate's garden. It does feel that they are competing for uh, media attention. It is funny timing, isn't it? And look, you know, it, there needs to be – we do know that earlier this year um, they split their respective PR camps. Meghan and Harry hired Sarah Latham, um, who's incredibly experienced both in the worlds of politics um, and in the worlds of PR. So she worked um, for Barack Obama. She also worked um, for Freud's, which is one of the most uh, prestigious PR firms in the UK. So very experienced. Yeah. It is. So she's very um, adept at managing media moments. I mean, she managed the entire um, photo call with baby Archie when, after, when Meghan and Harry fronted the press. But look, I think they're going to shoot themselves in the foot if they continue to keep rolling out at this 
speed. I mean, for us as media, it's great because you have access to oh, these yeah, extraordinary amazing. pictures. Uh, that, but it's too much and it's clashing um, and it begs – it leads to questions such as is there a sort of war going on? And throw into this mix, there was also another royal wedding at the weekend. It was Lady Gabriella <laughs> Windsor getting married. So we also had all those photos. Now, of course, Meghan and Harry can't change the date of their wedding anniversary, but there should have been some communication. There was no reason why those pictures of Kate and William – at the uh, Chelsea Flower Show couldn't, for instance, have been released perhaps later last week, foreshadowing the fact that the Queen was going to be at the Chelsea Flower Show in fresh pictures, which yep. we've seen today. I think there needed to be better management of that. It they feel- need to talk to each other, maybe. <laughs> they do. I think they need to talk to each other. Look, there's, there's um, obviously, you know, we know from people are effectively their own media organisations now. In the same way that magazines compete with each other with other titles, you now have two families and two brands and we don't want it to descend into this war of the Windsors where they, you know, sort of are, are trying to one-up each other and numbers of followers. It's a really, you know, bad no, message we to don't send. Want that. When you're trying to sort of propagate these other messages of mental health, of environmentalism, of sustainability, of care for the community, of in Kate's case, childhood education and health, then you really don't want to be seen to be buying into the whole Instagram notion of likes and followers and clicks. And I see them doing that. It's very much Megan's background to do that. You know, she had a blog and she was, it was a lifestyle blog. It was very polished. It was beautifully put together. She's the very tech. competitive. She is. Yeah. And, you know, her industry has required competitiveness. And of no course, one's saying yes. that, you know, in trying to audition for roles and get to the top, she had to be, you know, probably very cutthroat. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Ambition's no. not a bad thing. But in employing it, um, in a social media context, particularly with a family that are renowned for, you know, majesty, um, they are regal, they, there is a, the, the, the appeal of the royals is as much distance as it is closeness. There's, it's important that they judge that correctly and that it has all the, uh, totally. elements yep. of, um, modernity and yet it still is hinged in that tradition. Yeah, totally. Um, there's also concern there's other royals who would be collateral in this PR war. Yeah, sources come out and spoken about the fact of, of, of this PR war between the two of them and the one-upmanship. And what it's saying is that because there's so much focus on Kate and William and Meghan yeah. and Harry and the looming battle that they're having, what they're actually doing is discounting quite a lot of the work that Charles is doing and Charles and Camilla. So nobody really takes much interest. I mean, we've only got so many um, there's only so many headlines and pictures that of you course, can show. Yeah. And so when you've got young, glamorous royals and cute kids, a couple in their 70s drops down um, the hierarchy <laughs> low, of, yes. of clickbait. And oh, poor Charles and Camilla. Well, <laughs> I can see you feel really sorry for them there. Yeah. But to be fair, Charles is going to be the next monarch and yeah. he does need to build a profile. He does need to ha- prosecute his own ideas and interests. And unless he needs to be taken seriously, doesn't it? He yeah. does. And, you know, his trip to Germany was completely overshadowed by the fact the world was waiting to see if this baby was <laughs> what born. Trip? What I trip? can't tell you a single thing. <laughs> He did in Absolutely Germany, actually. Nothing, no. um, I can't tell you what Camilla wore. I, I no, honestly cannot no. tell you a single thing because the whole world was focused on whether this baby. I'll was tell you what Megan wore, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So um, I think it's I think it's a fair point that they could be collateral in uh, yeah. this this PR Agreed. war, and I think they have to be very careful. Uh, traditionally, they have been. It's all been very micromanaged in terms of who is going to get this attention here. Look, interestingly, Harry's trip to Amsterdam, as the you know discussed as the baby 
baby was being born. The one of the days was cut out of the program because it coincided with Prince William uh, on a on a trip in the UK and uh, Charles in Germany, and they felt that that spreading the attention around three of them and also the press pack, the press pack, you know, there's a very uh, cohesive pack. They couldn't all get to all three events. So uh, that was one of the reasons behind Harry reducing his trip to The Hague just down to that single day. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Bit of communication there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't think there's a lot, Beck, but I think think the the eye on this will mean that there is some talks at higher levels, um, you know, whether the Queen steps or her PR team steps in. Of course, she insisted that the management of the Sussex household remained at Buckingham Palace. So, yes, yes, PR team may be operating out of of Windsor, but in terms of the uh, Buckingham Palace is still the hub for um, management and, and communication. So they just need to talk to each other a bit more. They really do. Um, and the Queen visited the Chelsea Flower Show and apparently made a funny comment to her grandson. So what was that about? Oh, she turned up and, and oh, look, it, the royals are getting out a lot, I should say. Oh, um, you know, so much. Weddings and, um, uh, and this Chelsea Flower Show, she turned up um, looking fab and she said to William, oh, um, you're looking very tidy, I see. And he's, you know, he's in a suit and they're all looking lovely and he's you know, very cute. She's very wry, actually. I think she's, yeah. she's getting funnier with age or maybe it's just that the mi- really microphones is. are trained on her more than they were in the sort of 20 oh, years ago. Of we didn't yeah, actually yeah. hear a lot of, you know, we didn't have these high quality yeah. microphones picking up the, these sorts of comments. And now we are. And the, I just thought she's, she she's just dry. And as we saw it from her, a husband, sense yes. of humor. Yeah. Oh, I think she's possibly. <laughs> You know, that's actually been an area of her personality that hasn't been widely explored, but certainly yeah. um, uh, some of the things we've seen her come out with. So she said that. They went on a tour. Um, there were a lot of other royals there. Uh, Sophie Wessex was there. Um, and this this Chelsea Flower Garden is really beautiful. It's a tribute. And it, uh, it's very uh, coherent with Kate's message of outdoor education for children. She really is carving out this niche within that uh, field. I think she's looked at the fact that Megan is taking a very global humanitarian yep. approach and that she's uh, a very, you know, her area of interest is as a mother and in early childhood education and in health and and the care of young mothers and in children getting the best education they can. And it's, it's you know, as we've seen slipping standards both, both in Australia and, and worldwide as we have the um, the assault of technology on kids' learning time. I think it's yep. you know it's a really interesting area that she's uh, she's looking at, and it segues love beautifully with her mental health initiatives because we know that spending time in nature obviously is really yeah, great thing important to be for, good, about. Um, for mental health. Also, she looks so happy. Like she's clearly a woman. I think gardening is yep. clearly a genuine <laughs> hobby of hers. Like she's the pictures show her. She's fossicking around. She's built this little she looked um, very natural. Looked like she, she knew what she was doing. She absolutely <laughs> did, and she. Um, um, she set up. I mean, so this garden had a treehouse, and it had a little babbling brook, and it had um, a little campfire where you could toast marshmallows. And the pictures of Louis, of course, is now walking. So but, cute. Um, there was a swing, and there was a little bridge, and um, it was also lovely to see that George and Charlotte have grown up quite substantially. Yes, they look like yes. proper little kids now. They really do. Um, they'll be teenagers before long. That's scary. (laughs) And speaking of the other royals, there was another regal wedding at the weekend. Tell us everything. So this was the wedding of Lady Gabriella Windsor. She's the daughter of Princess Michael of Kent and Prince Michael of Kent. Prince Michael of... (laughs) Sorry, shall we just go? She's the daughter of Princess Michael of 
Kent who and Prince Michael of Kent, who are the Queen's cousins. So our beautiful wedding it was the third wedding at St George's Chapel within a year. So yes. it's good to see that those pews are getting a, a decent workout. There were a lot of the royal family, a lot of the yes. lesser royals like uh, Lady Helen Windsor and Sarah Chato and um, obviously the Queen was there. Uh, Prince Harry was there. It was a gorgeous shot of him laughing yes. with his grandmother in, and she was wearing bright pink. Obviously incredibly happy that – Yeah, they all look really they happy. They did. It was yeah, a lovely, lovely day. And Prince um, Philip as well. Oh, Prince Philip. Was, great. Yeah, they did. And look, they do. Um, they, when the sun shines on these um, these bricks and mortar build, you know, these incredibly stone buildings, they do shine, don't they? And, yeah, I mean, really do. And um, Gabriella, who's a writer, her um, the wet, the floral display was extraordinary. Interestingly, Kate and William weren't there, although most of the Middleton family were there because they're friends with Gabriella's. Um, Husband, uh, but what what was interesting is that it was the FA Cup final, and William went to that instead, which you can imagine most men would probably rather go and watch a footy game than a <laughs> than a, um, another royal wedding, you know. So um, interesting, lovely, lovely to see that wedding, um, and lovely to see all these this, these young royals and, and look at sort of their roles, not just William and Harry, but. Uh, you know, the fact that these are now working royals, not not people that just have grace and favour apartments and live off the public pockets. So I think they're a lot more relatable and um, yeah. and interesting than they've been in the past. Yeah, definitely. And now for something completely different. The problem of so much PR grandstanding is some of the genuine initiatives are being overlooked. We understand Prince William made some heartfelt comments about bereavement. What did he say? Yeah, look, he was involved in a BBC documentary, which has been massively overshadowed by all these pictures coming out. And we'll get to this, but a CBS documentary um, focused on uh, the Duchess of Sussex. What happened in this um, documentary called A Royal Team Talk, Tackling Mental Health, is that he actually talked about Princess Diana and and her death. And he said, I think when you are bereaved at a very young age, you feel a pain like no other pain. He went on to talk about the fact that when he raises his own bereavement with people that he meets, they're always incredibly open to talking about it and it sort of it opens a door. And he said, you know, really movingly that you can see it in other people's eyes when they have suffered oh, that bereavement. Wow. Okay. It was a really beautiful doco, as I say, completely overshadowed, which is why I've been sit- I want yes, to talk about it today. Overshadowed. If there's any point to the royals, really, in the modern era, it's that we talk about some of the things that they raise and yes, know and yes. have a le- you know a lived understanding of. And William and Harry both have have put mental health and um, and uh, grief and emotions at the top of their agenda. And so when it's overshadowed by things like Instagram mm. likes, which of course we know has an impact on mental yeah. health. It feels a bit incongruous to me. So that's why we're talking about yes, today. There were no, beautiful comments great. and I thought he was, um, I thought, you know, we know that Harry speaks very much from the heart. I think it's even more notable when William does because we know he is the monarch. This, yes. he has to be straight laced and stiff up, um, upper lip to some extent. And yet for him to speak out about this, it speaks volumes of the impact that it can have and the and the ability to sort of um, reduce that stigma around mental health and suffering. And as you mentioned, this wasn't the only documentary that featured the royals recently. So Meghan's friend, Gail King, screened her doco on CBS. What was that about, Ange? Yeah, I'm not sure about this doco. There was a lot of things that yeah, didn't just fit comfortably with me. I, I don't think the royals... Um, should court populist American media at this stage. I think that 
Prince William doing documentary with the BBC. Um, the royal family are British. Meghan is from America. Her relationship with Gail King is a friendship. There is crossing boundaries when you then allow access to your friends for that sort of documentary. It's stepping into the Andrew Morton, Princess Diana territory, which we knew, mm, know yeah. blew up awfully. I think once you – and we know that when the baby was born, offered she offered the access to CBS as well. Now, I've got nothing against Gail King. She's amazing. I've got nothing against CBS. But this documentary, particularly Megan's makeup artist, Daniel King um, – sorry, Daniel Martin – blubbing his head off about oh, how wow. his dear friend Megan has been appallingly treated and and how, you know, I mean, these were full-on mm, okay, yeah. um, tears. And I, I just don't think it's appropriate. She doesn't need defending. She's obviously made, set her own uh, path. She, she apparently doesn't read a lot of media about her. Most people in positions of um, uh, in, in stardom, celebrity, or or in the public eye will take will get some acclaim and they'll get some detractors. And it's measuring. Oh, it's it's about managing that mm. for your life. I think she manages it well. She appears not to be too troubled with. It. I don't think she needs a makeup no, artist. She must have known that was happening. Well, right? that's the yeah. thing. She has to have endorsed that yeah. for him to speak. He hasn't spoken before. No. Obviously, we know that um, her friend spoke to People magazine in the wake of her letter. Um, well, no, not in the wake of it. Preceded her father speaking out about her letter, and I just think that the the the, the friends talking to people, and then the awful situation that unravelled with um, Thomas Markle showing the letter that yeah, she had written yeah. to him, talking about their relationship, and then this. It's just. I know it's a terrible phrase, Beck, but you'll understand it. It's too common. There, no, I totally this is agree. royalty. Yeah. And to be, it's just not a very regal way of it's handling not, things. It's what we expect of the Kardashians. It's, you know, I, I'm not saying it's one step up from sex tapes, but <laughs> it's it's in that territory. Yeah. Just, it's, it, I don't like She's not it. Helping I, don't, I don't think, well, who knows if she, I'm presuming she did endorse it. Um, I just think it has to stay classy and there has to be some mystique about the royal family and a makeup artist blubbing his head off about poor Megan. I'm sorry, it's not poor Megan. Megan lives in a castle. She exactly well, she not doesn't live in a castle, but she spends a lot of time in castle. She's funded <laughs> by um, the Duke of Cornwall's, um, sorry, the um, Cornwall estate. Yep. She has wonderful clothes. She has tremendous support. She has the best medical care. She she need it she has um, sounds you know, pretty amazing to me you know and and yes she has to work very hard to justify her position and and to make it meaningful and i think there are challenges within that but i think to st to straddle that line of celebrity and royalty and to veer too far into celebrity is the wrong move yes totally agree so the royals um, had never been more visible or relatable but do you foresee any problems of this Ange? yeah i do actually i think that there are I think we we reached peak relatability around the time that Meghan and Harry came to Australia and we saw the two of them uh, very cohesive and we also saw the fab four of Kate, William, Meghan and Harry choosing different initiatives to focus on and, and you know, there's a whole stream of them 
William obviously has to go in the more um, dutiful route and Harry is is allowed to be a bit more creative because he's not the heir to yeah. the throne. I think those were that was a really interesting stage and I think they sort of set the groundwork for their different um, portfolios effectively. I think what's happening now with social media, the crossovers and their interests, the fact that they're not so cohesive, we haven't seen the four of them together on a Heads Together initiative, which is the charity they set up, is actually showing us that there is some divisions. I think they need to be well managed. I think there needs to be a head of PR across all of them that manages the timing, but also that there's a, I, I think it's fine that say Megan has this very artistic cinematic kind of way of producing the, her Instagram material. I think Kate's got the more homely, the family oriented, but I think there needs to be greater management and a, a, a more cohesive structure to what they're going to be doing going forward. These are going to be, as Archie gets older, as I predict, I think Kate could well have another child. We're yes, going to see this growing, so. these growing families. There's going to be more to show. It has to be very cleverly managed. Um, hence why they've hired people like, uh, Sarah Latham. But I think the key to it is to, is to manage it well and for it to come from the queen downwards so that, that there is still a hierarchy and that it's, and that people like Prince Charles and Camilla still get the, coverage that they need to for the work that yeah. they do otherwise you just end up really with kardashians with crowns on oh <laughs> that sounds like a very good plan Ange. well that brings us to the end of our podcast today thank you so much for joining us today Ange, and thanks everyone for listening and as usual for more on the royals please go to newidea.com.au our facebook page new idea royals and of course please check out our latest royal mini mag in the current issue of new idea 